1: Welcome to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. Dr. Levine is a doctor of internal medicine and is ready to take your calls at 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI. You can listen to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on the air, online at KLVI.com or on your phone with the free iHeartRadio app. Now, here's Dr.
3: Levine.
2: Good morning. Welcome, Southeast Texas. This is Dr. Levine. Welcome to another edition of the Dr. Levine Medical Hour, where I'm coming to you live from the studios of KLVI here in Beaumont, Texas, cross street from Parkdale Mall, where we talk about health care and medicine as we see it. Try to answer some questions about healthcare and medicine because it is confusing out there on so many different levels that uh, sometimes you just need to ask more questions. And sometimes it's difficult to talk with your provider or any other medical representative. Just It's a time-consuming activity. And so we have this show because we want to talk to you and maybe try and make it easier to understand and better to understand. Sometimes I get confused and I need help as well. So we have our resources that we go to. But thank you for joining us for another show. We love to hear from you. It's two-way radio, so give us a call. Phone lines are open. 896-KLVI, 1-800-330-KLVI. Hopefully your morning has been going well. We are in the new 2024 year, and hopefully your year has been going well. Also, had a false alarm this past week with the ice storm that was supposed to happen. Thankfully, not much ice, but we did have, you know, a lot of traffic accidents. Uh, I I don't think there was any sort of fatalities, but we had some traffic accidents, a little sleet on the road, but it didn't last long. But it is cold out there today, so dress warm. Anyway, while we wait on some Phone calls. Like I say, we'd love to hear from you. We had our taping of Ask the Doc uh, yesterday. As you know, I also do a small segment on Channel 6 where I also answer questions about just generic health questions. And we had our taping yesterday. So I thought I would highlight some of those questions that were asked yesterday. One of them had uh, to do with vaccines. As you know, we talk a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about vaccines, right, uh, on this show. And because we believe in them, we think they work, and we all want you to get yours that are due to you. We want 100% compliance. We all know that's not going to happen, but we want as high a compliance as possible. I think the experts say about 70%. And... Um, We have a lot of vaccines out there, you know, more than when I became a physician. We we now have four or five vaccines out there and then the boosters. And, you know, it gets confusing. Which one do I get? Which, Which one do I need? And it's good that the pharmacies have gotten themselves involved with delivering vaccines because it was really primarily coming from the doctor's office or maybe a health clinic somewhere, sort of a public health clinic. But now with the pharmacies so like CVS, Walgreens, Target, Walmart, they've gotten involved with health care delivery to a little bit. And according to the information I'm getting, certainly they will continue to grow their presence in the healthcare business and the healthcare delivery makes sense, right? Unfortunately, a lot of Americans are taking prescription medications for various reasons, and so they're interacting with these pharmacies all the time. It would just make sense that it would make it more convenient if there was more access to healthcare delivery there at the pharmacy. And so I think CVS sort of started this, or it seems like that's what I remember the Minute Clinic, where there was a healthcare professional on site that could just sort of answer you know basic generic questions, maybe deliver some basic simple health care delivery. We all need that periodically. We come up with ails and physical complaints and we have questions. And they sort of jumped into that first brilliant idea, honestly, and a lot of the other pharmacies have followed that. And the insurance companies have also jumped in to that arena to offer Sort of this constant presence of healthcare professionals and healthcare delivery and healthcare access, where some insurance companies offer you a healthcare professional, whether it be a nurse practitioner or a doctor, access over the phone, or some sort of virtual platform where you sort of plug in and you have this one-on-one conversation with a healthcare professional. At your convenience, after work, during work, on the weekends, at night, just because your primary care physician or your healthcare professional that you call your primary care where your home is, you know it's more of an eight to five, weekends off, um, lunches off, and so kind of limited and restricted in terms of your access to that, and just with all the demands that have been placed on the healthcare system. It just makes sense that it would become a little bit more 24-hour, day, seven-day a week sort of access. Even having it on your smartphone, I see it coming that way, and even less conversation, maybe even texting messages that a healthcare professional gets and texts your message back. I mean, I think it's going to get to that point. You know, easy, 100% access. You know, getting what you need. You know, simple stuff, nothing difficult. Because at, at the end of the day, you sort of need to have one sec. At the end of the day, you sort of need to have a one on one, um, face to face interaction with a healthcare professional. I think if things don't get better, things escalate, things get more complicated. At the end of the day, that's the basics of doctoring and patient and the, the doctor patient relationship is just to sit down and talk face to face about this particular problem. So that's never gonna go away. But again, there's a lot of instances that come up where you just sort of maybe have a little urine tract infection or you got a rash or just something very straightforward simple and you need you have a question or so, it's just good to have those healthcare professionals around, again with the use of your phone or some sort of virtual platform, your computer, and you get your answer and it's all documented. It's you know, it's it's legitimate. So that's I don't I don't see that slowing down. I see that expanding more and more. I also see virtual medicine expanding more and more, where maybe you don't have to come into the physically come into the office. That the healthcare industry will somehow create ways or avenues for healthcare professionals to access virtual medicine so that they can provide that for you because. Again, when Mrs. Levinen is, is here, we, we get more into things like wait times and um, just how the office operates, the dynamics of how most medical offices operate. Again, everybody's different. Every office is different. They, they structure it a little bit differently. But nonetheless, it's a big commitment to go into your doctor's office for just a routine visit. I would say that's at least an hour, an hour and a half sometime commitment to go in because of all the demand. So, we need to have other ways to access you and you access us. But again, getting your healthcare, getting your medicines, and keeping you rolling because we certainly want you to continue to take those medications. We talk a lot about compliance and that the healthcare world, primarily the insurance companies who are paying the bill on this situation are wanting doctors and healthcare professionals, especially your, your medical home, to prioritize this concept of compliance. Are you taking your medication? And we st- they started that a long time ago, where they are asking uh, doctors to sort of prioritize this. And if the doctors or the healthcare professionals see some issues with compliance, then you know to bring you in, sort of have a conversation to see if there's any obstacles to you getting your medications on a regular basis because that's just a big, big issue in terms of allowing a certain disease to progress. And certainly as the disease progresses, you tend to end up in the hospital with some sort of event. And as we know, being in the hospital, that's that's another big issue. But these medicines that are out now, you know, they, they, they work very well. If you can just take the medications and take them on a regular basis, they work very well. Um, they're more clean and, again, more effective in controlling the disease at hand. And a lot of times if you can just take it on a regular basis, it will keep you out of the hospital and lower the chance of some sort of event happening to you but we need you to take the medication. And it's just things that come up periodically that interfere with a person's ability to take their medications, and we want to try and identify those factors and try to help you manage that, which is the reason for coming into the office and trying to discuss that just because this has been just found, and this is nothing new, that if a patient takes their meds, on a regular basis, then their chances of disease progression are unlikely. can happen, but unlikely. Again, trying to keep the severity down, the morbidity, mortality down. Unfortunately, things like getting your prescriptions from the doctor or the pharmacy or maybe a prescription was written and... It's requiring what they call a prior authorization or maybe the pharmacy is out of the medicine and you have to go to a different pharmacy. So these are just routine issues that come up every day when filling your medication. A lot of options with different pharmacies and then they have these mail pharmacies where you can sort of mail off your prescription and you get sort of like a... a 90-day supply of certain routine medications. Remember, we can typically do it with blood pressure and cholesterol and diabetes medicines, but things like sedatives and sleeping medicines and pain meds, we tend to keep that local at the local pharmacy and under sort of tight constraints because of the issues we're having with adverse reaction from those medications. We have to be more and more careful about what we're prescribing in terms of the combinations that we're using with with certain patients, we have to be more careful, just again, just to try to decrease the severity of adverse reaction from the medication. The medical world has understood that healthcare delivery is risky, that patients can be harmed with prescribing these medications, and just like any good business, trying to get better and trying to control that reduce a chance of that happening by implementing certain checks and balances, improving the system so that that's unlikely. Even though it still happens every day, we're trying to keep it to a minimum. We have David from Deer Park. How can we help you?
1: Uh, Yes, sir. I have a question. My mother's got a, I guess you would call it a bed sore or pressure ulcer or whatever back there about where her tailbone is, and it keeps getting worse uh she's going to a wound care doctor they're having they're alternating between putting Ventilex on it and uh calzamine i think it is yes sir It's not seeming to get better is there any suggestions you'd have as far as any way to treat it better
2: yeah um have you uh, do you go to the visit with your mother um, I, I don't all the time. My sister does. Okay. And did you, had, did your sister ask the doctor, why is it not getting better?
1: Well, yeah, this is, this has been an ongoing thing. She's been going since ooh, back in the summer. I think it started back in May.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and did, I mean, does the healthcare provider explain maybe why it's not improving or what are the obstacles for it? Not getting better.
1: Well, the, she's on a Foley, and she's you know she's ninety years old and has incontinence, and they're saying that that's adding to it. But then the trying to trying to keep her off of it, she's she's very immobile. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. you can't roll you can't really roll her up on her side one shoulder's chronically dislocated you know it's all the that kind of stuff
2: okay and what what's why why is she immobile just because she's 90 or is there something going on
1: yeah it's well i mean arthritis it's uh, oh she's just eat up with all that kind of stuff i mean it's she just really can't turn her head much she doesn't have much movement she's not she can't walk anymore all that kind of stuff she's got chart at foot you name it it's she's got all kinds of different issues but what
2: what what would you say her nutrition is like do you think she's eating well or not eating well she's eating she's eating pretty good
1: and they've got her on several different things for the protein they uh She's on Juven, uh, taking that, uh, twice a day. There's other, I forget what the other, there's another supplement thing that she's on and vitamin stuff, but
2: what about her mattress or her, her bed? Is it a special mattress or a low pressure mattress?
1: It's a low pressure mattress. The wound care doctor had actually put her in for an air mattress and Medicare turned
2: it down. So, yeah, David, that's a that's a really really tough situation. Um, sounds like everybody is doing everything they can to get the wound closed. But as you mentioned, your mother has multiple medical problems that generate these chronic obstacles for the the wound to to heal. Certainly, the the main thing is just pressure, right? That's a lot of times how these wounds. Right develop is, just as you mentioned, your mother is very immobile, and she doesn't move much, and unfortunately, with the amount of pressure that develops in those target areas, and the one that we see the most is in that lower buttock area, is where most of that skin breakdown occurs when someone is immobile, just because a lot of times patients are already thin and they don't really have a lot of right. fat in that area. Uh, it's just skin and then it's bone right underneath that. And it just creates this high pressure point for the skin and the soft tissue. And basically it disrupts blood flow. It basically cuts off blood flow because of the pressure. And the skin and the soft tissue and, and all the, the tissue in that area, they, they just die. And that's when the ulcer develops because of skin and soft tissue death, you know, from lack of blood flow from high pressure. And so it opens up that wound. And the wound doctors and the wound clinics spend a lot of time trying to close it up by various techniques, such as these uh, enzymatic gels and these uh, high nutrition and debridement, you know, keeping the wound clean. And if there's any infection, trying to control the infection. But the main thing, David, is the immobility. And if your mother were able to get up and move and keep pressure off of that area, the skin normally will heal and close on its own. But if there's constant pressure, constant friction, urine, uh, feces, poor nutrition. It's tough. I mean, it's it's really, really tough. And I'm sure that the wound care doctors are helping it. And, you know, I know it's not closing, but they're sort of keeping it where it is so that it doesn't just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, which I've seen happen, even under the best circumstances, all the way down to the bone and the bone gets infected and it, yeah. it's it's tough to go backwards from that. And, again, because she's 90 and she has a lot of medical problems, um, there's a limit normally on just how much mm. you can do. Um, there are uh, doctors, plastic surgeons, that can perform a procedure called a FLAP, F-L-A-P, uh, where they sort of use their surgical techniques to uh, use healthy tissue and sort of put it over the ulcer and sort of put a cap on it. Um, But again, that requires general anesthesia. That requires the patient to be otherwise in good health. And that's probably the limitation with your mother is, you know, she's 90. She's high risk. Um, They could look at performing some sort of flap, but, the doctor, the the surgeon would have to feel like the flap would take, take, um, yeah. if they perform the presur- the surgery, and if he doesn't think that that's going to work, then they just don't do it. And David, it sounds like everybody's doing what they can. It's just this this we can we can't fix everything. And uh, oh, I just, know
1: that I just thought maybe you had some other idea, nah. or you know,
2: no, it sounds like everything's being done. It, it really does. Okay. Uh, and, and closing a wound again, requires multiple things, right, Uh, as I mentioned. You know, good nutrition, um, keeping the infection down, debridement, keeping the pressure off of it. And these doctors, these wound doctors know all that, and that's what we recommend to patients with suffering wounds is to get to one of these wound clinics because they have their medicines and their techniques to help close it. But just like with diabetes, hypertension, which is what I do all day long, there's just some patients that uh, maybe we just can't get a handle on it. Uh, we, you know, we send them to the consultants, they try, and we just can't close the deal uh, despite doing everything we can. So, um, you know, I'm sorry that they haven't been able to close it, but I think you should feel good about the fact that everybody's doing what they can. And um, it's just that we do have limitations in healthcare. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. All right, then. Well, I thank you. All right, Dave, we appreciate that phone call. And phone lines are open, 896-KLVI, 1-800-330-KLVI. I'll be back in two minutes. You're listening
1: to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560-KLVI. To join the conversation, call 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI.
2: All right. Welcome back to Dr. V Medical. Our phone lines are open, 896-KLVI, 1-800-330-KLVI. Sitting here chatting um, about various things pressure ulcers, pressure wounds, which uh, we do see a lot. Unfortunately, as we get up in age, you become a little bit more sedentary. We're sitting a lot. We, we lose weight. And just that um, point there in the lower buttock area, man, it's very vulnerable to skin breakdown. And unfortunately, we do see that in patients who become immobile up in age, a lot of medical problems, um, You know, spending most of the day in the bed, And, uh, boy, it can really turn into a huge problem. But, fortunately, there are healthcare professionals, wound care doctors that are into that business. They study wounds and how to close them and have various techniques that they use, including hyperbaric medicine as well as uh, debridement techniques. Debridement is sort of when they go in and sort of clean the wound, getting rid of devitalized tissue, uh, if there's any what they call exudate, which is sort of that uh, slimy green-yellow buildup, you I know, mean, if you've ever had an open ulcer like that, it's just a little a buildup that happens on the surface of the wound, and they can go in there and sort of clean that up because that gets in the way of the wound actually closing. And then certainly if the wound is around the uh, genitourinary uh, areas, um, it can be sort of constantly irritated or aggravated by the presence of urine or feces or excrement. And again, it's just, uh, man, it requires a huge, huge effort to uh, get these wounds closed in order for the person to uh, get better. But certainly there can be some impediment to that, uh, as the caller uh, mentioned, that uh, it's just, it's tough and it's hard to do. And sometimes it's just not a whole lot we can do uh, to get it closed. In uh, uh, healthier patients, again, that flap FLAP, which is a surgical technique that plastic surgeons used, where they sort of take healthy tissue from one part of the body and sort of just move it over to a part of the body that needs some help and covers that. You see that in uh, patients, you know, burn victims and other trauma patients who um, will sort of get. Uh, one part of the body and they'll put it on the face or the arm. You, you know, you see that. And the the outcomes are pretty good. You know, it, it you can tell that, you know, they've had some surgery, but otherwise it functions well and it looks, for the most part, pretty good. And the outcomes are good. And sometimes that can be offered to patients, but um, other things get in the way. Medical problems, medicines, age. You know, like I said, I talk a lot about that on the show and I try to impress upon my listeners about age and getting older and what that means you know what's actually happening when we get older and yes I'm older myself and understand that whole process and how you really if you want to be healthy you want to stay out of the hospital you don't want to have to go to the doctor all the time you don't want to take a ton of medicines Yes, you have to invest more time into your health. You really have to prioritize it in terms of what you eat or drink and just sort of your habits throughout the day if you want to preserve your health. It's not like when you're young, your 20s, 30s, you could just do whatever you didn't have to think about it. You can do that as you get older if you if you want to be healthy, you really have to to do your part um, when it comes to that. But we had our, our taping of Ask the Doc yesterday and, Again, the, there's some basic questions that I felt like we it would be good to go over again. And just to reiterate with that, I mentioned vaccines. And just another question about, hey, they got their flu vaccine, but still got the flu, still got sick. You know, what? what's that, What's the deal? And, and I hear that a lot is, well, I'm not getting it because I got the, the vaccine and I still got sick. And, again, I just need everyone to understand that the vaccine is not there to prevent you from getting ill cuz you can still get the infection whatever it is covid or flu or and you have to understand with the flu vaccine in particular that because it's been around for so long there's just a number there's a large number of variants or mutated forms of influenza A, influenza B out there circulating all the time in the community. And the medical world has these certain prediction models, sort of like a meteorologist sort of has these formulas that they sort of plug in to sort of give them a projected outcome of the weather for the next day or two. And scientists have similar models in terms of monitoring the infections out there and sort of plugging it into a model to predict these particular variants is probably going to cause most infections this year. And again, as I've mentioned to you, the bioengineering world, the world that generates vaccines, they're up and alive, and it's a big business. They've generated techniques to this point that they can sort of dial up vaccines a lot faster. And so that's why you're getting boosters faster, and you're getting multiple boosters faster with these vaccines because they're able to do it faster. Before, it was just a much slower process, tedious process. So you just weren't getting these updated versions that much. But thankfully, modern technology has allowed that to give us access to these vaccines a lot faster. And again, the the question of I want to protect myself, I don't want to be sick, I want to boost my immune system. Well, this is the way to do it. That's really what vaccines are there to do is boost your immune system. And talking about age, that's the one big thing that happens as you get older is that immune system starts to decline. It doesn't work as well. It's not as efficient, which is why one day you're cutting the grass, tomorrow you have a bad lung infection called pneumonia. I hear that all the time from my patients in the hospital primarily is, well, you know, what happened? I mean, he was fine two days ago. Well, why is he in the hospital now on a breathing machine? Why did, what, how, what, what did he do? Well, how can we prevent this? And the, the patients may be 75 years old. Yeah, they were functioning very well, and that's a good thing. Maybe they didn't even have any medical problems. Maybe went to the doctor once a year. Uh, They didn't have diabetes, no heart disease, no lung disease. They were never a smoker. But here they are two days later in the hospital on a breathing machine because of a nasty pneumonia, a lung infection. And again, it's just because aging, getting older, is, in my opinion, sort of an immunocompromised state, right? We talk about immunocompromised a lot in terms of Diseases, you know, HIV, being on immunosuppressants if you've had a transplant, um, being on steroids. You know, all these things sort of suppress your immune system or interfere with your immune system. Diabetes, especially when it's not controlled, no sugars are running high, it impacts your immune system so that it doesn't work as well, which is why a lot of times patients when they're diagnosed with diabetes actually it's because of an acute infection that they have <clears throat> excuse me and that's how they get diagnosed they come in with a cellulitis or an abscess or even pneumonia don't know they have diabetes but then boom we check and the sugars are running high and again that is because it suppresses the immune system well that's what aging has a lot to do with such that it increases your chance of getting an infection And again, because of the other issues that happen with aging, decreased function of your kidneys, decreased function of your liver, decreased function of your heart, decreased function of your nervous system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you're now more vulnerable to not withstand the infection, which means that you can get sick very easily and rapidly because your body is not just in that position to fight as well as when you're younger, 20s, 30s. Again, it's an aging impact on your immune system. So how can I boost my protection? How can I prime my system to be ready to fight if this infection does get to me? That's where vaccines come into play, which is why we target elderly patients or older patients or patients who have other diseases because these are the more vulnerable clientele that get these infections and can sort of crash or get sick very rapidly, which we see a lot in the hospital. So these vaccines are there. But it doesn't prevent you from getting the infection. What it does is because it's priming your system, it's there to keep the severity as low as possible, so that maybe you don't have to go to the hospital. Maybe you never even see a healthcare professional, that you don't even have to take a medicine because it's so mild, maybe a little cough, a little fever, maybe a little shortness of breath. But otherwise, you function well. You can sort of push through it, take some Tylenol, take some ibuprofen for a few days, whatever cough, cold medicine you like. At the pharmacy, you take it, but you never actually get that sick
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: It was waiting for this virus, for this bacteria, and that's where the vaccines come into play. Not that it it's going to prevent you from getting it, but it increases the chances that it's going to be a mild form of the disease. You know, because you did get the vaccine, it got your antibodies ready, and it fought and it defended you appropriately because, again, that immune system is declining. And so that's why we push vaccines a lot, especially for our elderly population. Anyway, phone lines open, 896 KLVI, one 1-800-330-KLV. I'll be back in two minutes. All right. Welcome back to the doctor of the phone lines open eight nine six K V I one 800 330 We have James uh, from Port Arthur. How can we help you? Oh, doctor. Um, yeah, I was
3: calling about the guy uh, with his mom and stuff. Um, I was wondering why he can't just buy an inflatable air mattress. You know, I mean, you don't have to wait on Medicare to do that. Uh, they sell that in regular stores. Um, anyway, uh, with a cervical uh, donut uh, kind of help that area, you know, that goes around the neck uh, where you put, you know, in that area, you kind of sew it a little closer together. I mean, they're soft enough. uh, And um, another thing, uh, I had a friend that had um, an ulcer like on his foot, it might be easier to treat. But anyway, they put a bag around his uh, foot And I'm thinking that was oxygen that was being pumped into that area. But uh, his foot wasn't healing, and they were having a lot of trouble with that in the hospital. And uh, one Friday I went there and kind of sneaked some things in. I brought him uh, like a gallon of water, uh, which is harmless. Uh, I brought him some powdered vitamin C, a teaspoon of it equals about uh, 4,000 milligrams. Uh, I brought him some zinc, and I think he was taking maybe 100 milligrams, you know, just short term. And I bought him some super nitric oxide, you know, what those weight lifters used to expand their blood vessels. Anyway, um, he took those things, and uh, that was like on a Friday. And on a Monday, uh, the nurses were coming in and saying, wow. What a difference a weekend made, and they were coming in and, and looking at how, you know, it had such a, you know, radical um, uh, positive improvements and stuff. And, uh, you know, so a lot of times, you know, they're just not getting enough of the needed vitamins, vitamins and stuff and uh, circulation. And, um, you know, if he wanted to strengthen and repair the tissue, it would be zinc and C, you know, but I just did the uh, nitric oxide to make sure that it was reaching that uh, that foot. Um, anyway, I was just wondering one more thing about um, uh, UVs. I was just wondering, uh, how. Uh, and I'll just hang up. Uh, they put them in the arm and everything. Uh, how does that uh, not block circulation? I'm just wondering. And I'll just hang up and listen to the answer.
2: All right, James, we appreciate those uh, comments. Yeah, I mean, I think nutrition is very important in wound healing. And the nutri- <clears throat> I'm sorry, the wound doctors understand that. And typically, if there's a wound that won't close, they're, they're very familiar with the factors that prevent wounds from healing. And it's, it's their business, it's their job, and they normally will prescribe certain nutraceuticals or nutritional medications, or recommend these sort of things to the patients or the patient's families to consume, whether it be vitamin C or zinc um, or other additives. Uh, I think the uh, patient, or I'm sorry, the son mentioned that they had her taking some nutritional beverages, which probably has zinc and vitamin C uh, in that. The air mattress... um, yeah, that's a neat idea. And uh, again, normally, um, the doctors and the healthcare professionals who are managing these wounds are familiar with these uh, options uh, out there, and you know may have been discussed uh, with the patient and the patient's uh, family. But again, you know these are imperfect situations, and these uh, medical grade air mattresses are really, really cool and do a tremendous job in keeping the pressure off the wound. But these are some complicated mattresses. And I think that they sort of are active mattresses, meaning they sort of inflate, deflate, inflate, deflate, which, again, it all has to do with managing pressure on certain areas. And so you just have to be careful about what sort of mattresses you do get But uh, that's not a bad idea. You know, I would actually have to ask a wound care doctor myself. I did wound care for about six months, years ago when I first got back into town. So I'm familiar with some of those concepts. But I don't ever remember recommending a air mattress that you can get from like Walmart or um, some of these other uh, places that sell those sort of things, maybe online. Uh, but that's not a bad idea. Uh, and, uh, again, I would have to discuss that with the health care professional that's in charge of the wound care management to see if that's something that they recommend. But um, I, but that's not a bad idea. So phone lines are open, 896 klv one 800 I'll be back in two minutes. All right, welcome back to Dr. Levine Medical Hour. Phone lines are open 896 <clears throat> KLV. I went in 30, KLV. Man, the time goes by so fast. God, it just seems like I just got here. <laughs> Anybody want to take all the callers? But one of the questions we had on the uh, taping of ACIDOC yesterday was about labs and sort of this concern, of frustration that when uh, a patient comes to the office, not necessarily my office, but any office, healthcare office, that labs have to be done, and we have to get blood. And I know <laughs> from my experience, some patients get a little frustrated with that, is, hey, you know, why are you getting all this blood? Why did, I mean, last time I was here, I had to get blood, and I'm just tired of getting all this blood, 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 lab, lab, lab. And certainly it hurts more if the insurance company doesn't want to pay for the lab. You sort of get this bill that you have to pay the difference. So, yeah, I, I certainly understand that, and you have – very valid reasons to be a little frustrated with that system, but yes, you know, sometimes depending on your healthcare problems, you are getting lab often. No matter where you go, if you're going to the kidney doctor, the heart doctor, the rheumatologist, um, the neurologist, your primary, everyone, everybody wants lab. And again, lab is something that can change from hour to hour, day to day, week to week. And again, it just allows us to evaluate your system, almost like you know, looking at a monitor um, a th- or like a thermometer. It just allows us to evaluate you other than talking with you personally and listening to you with our stethoscope or uh, palpating some certain part of your body. We use all this information to guide your therapy and to understand better what is going on with you. So... If you have multiple medical problems, uh, such as the ones that we talk about all the time, and you're on medications, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong at any time. And getting lab allows us to discover and make adjustments with your medication. So it is possible that if, if you do have diabetes or hypertension or chronic kidney disease lung disease, thyroid diseases, anemia, high cholesterol. And again, these are bread-and-butter conditions that most healthcare professionals are dealing with every single day. And being on medications with all of the what we call polypharmacy issues, meaning you're taking more than two meds, even if you're just taking two medicines, there's always potential for those medicines to interact with themselves or cause some adverse reaction to your system. You know, your liver system, your kidney system, and we can pick that up on lab. And that will allow us to make adjustments with the medications or prevent these things from getting worse. Uh, we deal a lot with adverse reaction issues in the hospital. Maybe someone was put on a medicine, now they're having vomiting and nausea or it caused their kidneys to sort of decline the function and they have to be hospitalized to recover uh, from those medications. Antibiotics, my God. We, people we're people giving out antibiotics all day, every day for various things. Antibiotics can cause harm and can cause adverse reactions. I see it every day, rashes and vomiting and diarrhea. Um, it can happen, and patients have to be hospitalized for that. But that's part of going to the doctor, just kind of getting reassessed. You know, how are you doing? A lot of times patients feel nothing, but there's something going on metabolically, and the only way we can figure that out is to do lab. And the good thing is that there's more lab businesses out there, whether it be LabCorp or Acutox or uh, Quest. There's more access to getting your lab, and it's cheaper too, such that even if you don't have insurance, you normally can get some basic lab without – breaking the bank. So, you know, look into that. If you don't have insurance, you just want to get a PSA or check for diabetes, etc. So thanks for joining me for the third edition of the Doc Living Show for 2024. Have a good day. Don't drink and drive. Drink some water. We'll see you next week.
0: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.